getting ready for the big victory party. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Episode 455 of Hand of Pod. Mm-hmm. Eagle eared. Mm, no, that's not right, is it? Bat eared? Uh, I like bat yeah, I can live with bat eared. Bat eared listeners might have noticed that last week I cocked up the episode number. It was no. not episode 444, it was episode 454. I confused myself. Um, this is episode 455. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by English Dan, who you've heard just now. Hello. Andres. Hello, welcome. And Tony. Hello. Who's back Hello. at last. After a while, yeah. It's been a while. Welcome back, Tony. Thank you. Um, we are, of course, recording on Wednesday evening, not Thursday, because Thursday evening is the night of the international match you've all been waiting for. The might of Panama visiting the immovable object, unless you're from <laughs> Saudi Arabia, of Argentina. Uh, in Argentina's presentation of the World Cup trophy to the adoring crowds at the Estadio Monumental on Thursday evening. Uh, I was reading that there were only 63,000 tickets made available. Yes, 20,000 were, of course, g- given, up, given as a... I'm shocked. Mm. Absolutely shocked. It confused me for about five seconds and then I realised what it would be, but that's yeah, like, anyway, that's if, a quarter if they, of the stadium almost for mm. just giveaways and sponsors. Then Messi alone has probably got 500 tickets. But so even selling the 83... Fourth, fifth cousins. Yeah, that's what all the fuss was about in the restaurant last night. They were all there to collect from him. I think so, yeah. yeah. He just held a... With a bit of 20 pounds. Even selling the 83,000 tickets of the people that uh, get into the uh, new uh, stadium of River Plate, well, it's short for the 1.5 million people that were waiting for their tickets. Yeah. Uh, but and the main course, anyway, the main course is on, on Tuesday. Tuesday with the match against Curaçao. Yes. Which I thought it was a liquor, but it is also a, a national team. Yes, it is, yeah, very much so. Um, that's going to be in Santiago del Estero for some reason. Um, Political reasons. Yeah. <laughs> that white elephant stadium isn't going to use itself. Quite literally. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about the national team in more detail a little bit later. First of all, I'm just going to mention that uh, if I sound a bit perkier than I have done for a while, it's because since we last recorded, as promised, temperatures have dropped a lot, and as a result, I've had some proper sleep for the first time this Yay. year. So I actually do feel more awake than normal. Um, a consequence of this, though, is that we have got the windows open for a nice breeze through the flat. It's lovely. It's just oh, nice t-shirt beautiful. and shorts weather. But you might hear a bit of background noise, as always happens when we've got the doors open, and when we haven't, to be honest. But just live with it. Um, I do. Shockingly, round eight of the Liga Profesional, after a very disappointing haul in round seven, of only four of them, in round eight we only had two red cards. So Mm. standards are really slipping. Lots Um, of penalties, though. 
Yes, there lots of penalties, lots of at least one of which we're going to be laughing heartily about uh, in a couple of minutes' time. The results from round eight were Union, who got the weekend off to a very promising start indeed by having a man sent off, one, Racing three, Arsenal two, Tigre nil, Platense one, Defensa y Justicia nil, Independiente two, Colón two, Godoy Cruz three, Belgrano one, Atletico Tucumán one, Barracas Central one, Gimnasia two, Estudiantes one. Thirteen years after. If you're listening to this and you're a very long time listener and you're thinking that doesn't sound like a familiar kind of result to be read out, then you would be right. That is the first time that Gimnasia have won the Clásico Platense since about two months before I moved to Argentina. So it's the first kind of poll with Gimnasia winning the Clásico. Exactly, and this is the first time we're ever going to be talking about a Gimnasia Clásico victory, which we will obviously do in a short while. Boca Juniors 2, Instituto de Córdoba 3. Yes, you heard that right. That was a great match as well. Tacheres nil, Banfield 1, and Banfield in spite of winning the match, also supplied the weekend's only other red card. Sarmiento, nil. River, two. Newells, one. San Lorenzo, nil. Another shock result. Huracan, nil. Rosario Central, two. That one kind of feels like a bit yes. of a shock as well. Lanús, nil. Argentinos, nil. And Vélez Sarsfield, four. Central Córdoba, nil. So... Where to begin? I feel like before I forget, we ought to begin with... It was in the Independiente Colón game, wasn't it? Yes. It was just the most hilarious penalty <laughs> that you can imagine being given away. You keep doing the whole game, to be honest, which was an absolute shit show. But as a professional player, you, you do that. It's I can do it with my friends. On a, on, in, I, I am playing a five uh, on five ma- a match. But it's strange for a professional player to do something like that. Very Even good. When was it the first penalty or the second penalty? Counterpoint, <laughs> Yes, but he's professional. <laughs> was it the first or the second one? Second. So it, so it was Independiente's second penalty, yeah. uh, which at the time made it 2-1. Um, Colón managed to equalise a very, very late on indeed. Deep on it was another very stupid penalty. Not yeah, quite as so. stupid, but if... Goats hadn't done his penalty. It would have gone down probably as the stupidest penalty of um, of the weekend. There, there is a reasonable chance that if you're on Twitter that you'll already have seen, or in fact probably if you're not on Twitter and just like checking out YouTube highlights of matches that you've already seen this. Um, but it happened when Ignacio Chico took a, clearly took a very short goal kick, just tapping it sideways to Paolo Goltz who was standing next to him, and Goltz decided to bend over and pick the ball up. <laughs> clearly, obviously thinking that he was taking the goal yeah. kick for Chico. Chico looked at him out the corner of his eye and then sort of put out his it's hand and waved him that way as if to say, yeah, just try and get away with it. Take it over that Pretend way. nothing's happened. Try and bluff that that was what he was intending. Um, but obviously the result was a penalty. In favour of, of, uh, of course, you can do that even when you're not sure whether you are uh, the, the goal kick has already been taken or not. Mm. Because La Molina was like, not be not doing clearly the the, the, the sign of, of the yes play yeah. or, or mm. to to use the whistle. Plus, there was some discussion over whether Independiente had a couple of forwards in the box. Like I think that's what the VAR check was about. Oh, okay. It was very uh, yeah. There were there were literally one foot on the line. Yeah, literally. On on the other side, if you are a professional player, I mean it's just yeah. such I cannot, I cannot such talk, bizarre situation. I cannot talk for a pro professional yeah. because I'm not, but. Just in case, 
you don't grab the ball no, exactly. with your hands yeah. if, if <laughs> in the pitch. If the goalkeeper rolls it to you, then yeah. fine. If he rolls it to you with his hand, then sure. The yeah. goal kick clearly hasn't been taken, but yeah. why do you just bend over it? <laughs> Unless, anyway. At least go to outside the box and, and, and then uh, use, use your hands. But yes. Um, the match itself, I, I didn't see. I've, I've seen that penalty decision, thanks to the wonders of social media. That's a bit chaotic. It was very, very chaotic, yeah. Pretty much what you'd expect from the team who's last in the league and a team who had drawn about their last four games in kind of very chaotic circumstances as well and, um, exactly. and hadn't won since the first day. And uh, as a result, Stilitano is not more, no longer the coach. And a lot of coaches were <laughs> offered the job and said, of course, no. <laughs> I mean, that happened back in November as well. I mean, uh, Gareca was going to come... God knows who else was going to come, La Volpe, all of these guys. And they gave it to Stilitano, who is just an unknown, and still is, really. Um, he was Ariel Hollande's assistant, something yeah. like that. I don't know, it's Chile? Or, no. In Independiente, I think he's no, been in... Independiente as well, yeah. and I have a feeling that... And then in Católica. I have a feeling that at the beginning of the, the, the... When he was appointed, Santi might have said something about how he was also his assistant when he was coaching hockey. Right. Very possible. Well, and now they want Holland back from Catalina, which isn't going to happen. Mm. Good luck with that. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, Dan, could you fill us in because, as I say, I didn't see it on Matteo Barcia's foul deep into stoppage time that was apparently almost as silly as what Gods did. Yeah, just he almost rugby tackled. I think it was Abila in the box. Yeah, it was Abila, yeah, with no danger. Like it was Abila was surrounded by three other players, all independent players. So Tontai, by the way. Yes, uh, he really couldn't do anything, and Barcia just lunged and smacked him down um, in the eleventh minute of injury time. I think it was so the yeah, but the first minute. On the other hand, of Colts, that was an experience. Yes, Colts was just a beating. Yeah, that I mean that was special. Barcia is classic Argentine football yeah. competence. Yeah, yeah, Colts took something very special, and to make matters worse. I guess for Independiente, Abila went on to miss a free kick, the uh, penalty. Yes, he had it saved. Yeah. Yes, and got the rebound. Mm. Yep. Um, um, also, but... to to mitigate slightly the very low red card count that I mentioned, I should also say that Nestor Gorosito, the Colón manager, was sent off from the bench on this match. That not included in the two red cards I mentioned earlier. So was he? I saw that his assistant was sent off. This, no, he he was. He was, he was. He was literally got to the referee and said. Please, red me. <laughs> and he, the referee did, and he wanted to shake hands. Or is he the one to shake hands with with La Molina? And La Molina didn't, and he left the stadium. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that was kind of funny in a very Argentine way. So, so that was the match that he wanted to leave. I think Colón is, but don't put things that I want to say out loud. Um, and the weird thing is, after all of this, it might have <laughs> been. <laughs> The most bizarre thing that happened to Colón, thanks to Brian Fernandez. Oh yeah, disappearing again. Did hear this? Fill me in. Uh, I think it was last Friday. Um, he missed two training sessions in a row. Yeah. Uh, to refresh no, listeners' we, haven't, memory, haven't we talked about a Colón forward going missing for a few weeks? Fernandez. Uh, three or four years ago, or something as well. Fernandez. It might have been Brian Fernandez. He was Brian Fernandez. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it was Friday. He missed two. Training sessions in a row. Brian Fernandez is a very talented uh, striker. He was in Racing. He's played in Mexico, Defensa Judicia. 
Um, sadly, he is um, he's a cocaine addict, uh, yep. to put it very bluntly, and he struggled with this addiction throughout his Similar uh, career. Similar to, to Centurion, perhaps. Yeah, I, I feel Centurion the, the, unbelievably the thing it is, The thing <laughs> is that Leandro Fernandez right now has... He's a Colón fan, and, he, and he's... Mm. Um, his brother. No, 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 but he's ah. playing for Colón. And ah. right now, the province of Santa Fe is, let's say, insecure mm. and filled with people that might help you with that kind of... It, it's been, I mean, for as long as I've lived here, at least, it's been a major centre for... Argentina's the yeah. yeah, so you you would the Barra Bravas of the club, so yeah. Particularly, you want rest, they will get well. you. Yeah. yeah, so playing in Cologne, staying in Santa Fe, wouldn't be like the mm -hmm. most healthy thing to do. Yeah, come because on. every time, every time he was uh, racing in, he had the vision. Yeah. He grew up just around the corner and. the, but know, it, the same old faces from his childhood. Fernandez Fernandez was playing at Ferro and did it's, okay. Yeah. So, clearly it's the environment, because also uh, I heard that um, his girlfriend was on, on the radio saying that uh, she felt like she's com uh, he's coming back to the bad habits, mm -hmm. and there is a, uh, a car that was abandoned without the, the wheels found, mm -hmm. and it was registered to his name, so it's again the same kind of... Yes, uh, this is a story coming, coming back, yeah. 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 So after missing these training sessions, uh, Nestor Gorosito, uh, who got sent off on Sunday, told him he wouldn't be involved with the squad anymore. Um, then he essentially went missing, and everyone shit themselves because his car just turned up in a ditch, basically, where, as Tony said, vandalised, oh, no one there, and wheels missing, that, yeah. um, leading a lot of media outlets to say, this car's missing. Hmm. All my, you know, if they could have, they would have said presumed dead, they stopped right on the limit um, scary couple of days and then it turned out he was um, he was at uh, the house of a family member so that kind of got um, which is exactly what happened last resolved. time as well I think so yeah yeah uh, but also I mean and the um, the explanation for where the car was there is interesting do you want me to read it sure it's from his um, his girlfriend uh, his partner that they ran out of petrol a Sunday at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, Brian didn't have any money to to go to a petrol station. So I thought I'd just leave it in the ditch. And... <laughs> so, yeah, they they just left him there. He said, um, he said they'd rather they'd rather it stolen or set on fire before uh, then Brian heading off into the onto the horizon and, and never been heard of again. Hmm. <laughs> it's pretty. Um, Pretty strong stuff. Sure, but also, and I'm going, I'm going to go deeper into the subject probably, but it also showcases how, in general, Argentine clubs doesn't have the means and the structure to support a player like this. Yeah. Mm. So, in Gorosito's um, statement to the press, he said as much, saying like, this was obviously before the scare and... Uh, him being presumed missing, kind of. Oh, I'm not a, psychologi a psychologist. What's this got to do with me? I'll just do the football. He does a lot. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah. but you're, you're not a psychologist, but you've got a sufficiently high up place in the club's hierarchy. One would think to maybe suggest that they hire one. Yeah, and you, and you know, you've been around these young yeah. kids for thirty years in your career. 
you think you'd have some sort of tact or, yeah, or exactly. idea how to deal with him because it's can't have been the first that um, that he's come across. Mm. Anyway, so Brian Fernandez is okay, but not particularly Weird. okay. Yeah. Uh, let's hope he gets better because he was a wonderful striker when he was, uh, you know, when he actually gets gets his shit together. Yeah. Um, Sorry to bring everyone down for that. No, that's fine. Let's, let's throw ourselves into some football with a match that I know we're going to have some opinions on from both sides for a change. Union versus Racing. What, what do you main, want me to say? <laughs> the most noteworthy thing about this match is probably that Paulo Guerrero has Scored, opened his sorry. account. Yes. Took him until five minutes in the, in, the, in the league. Time. In the league, yeah, it's good in that. I, I don't understand Tony because he barely comes, and when he comes, is when, when Union has lost. Uh, well, it will, it will happen a lot of times, but uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't he's, know what if he's gonna limit his appearances to when Union don't lose, he's <laughs> beyond even less. Tony, um, well, what have you made of Union generally this nah, season? Just, I, 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 yeah, I think it's kind of the same pattern that things go up. Kind of okay. You see some results. You see some style of play going well. Then some stuff either on the pitch and off the pitch. For example, some injuries for players that are seen as key for the for the coach. Um, some drama. Uh, it took a long time for Monua to renew. Also with uh, Santiago Mele's situation that Plaza Colonia wanted or not wanted him to come back on loan to Union because apparently Union didn't pay for the loan initially, the first one. Um, the entire Secretaria Tecnica also resigned, so you see there is kind of, kind of things of a bit of highs that happened with the Copa Sudamericana or games against Fluminense and then the team kind of, the other teams kind of found out how Union were playing with that direct style mm. and that started like the roller coaster going down or snowballing towards the situation that we are right now, that the, the coach is a little bit rigid, doesn't have exactly a plan B or a plan C to solve some issues that the, that the team is having. Uh, some injuries are, are clearly hindering whatever we can do. Some, some signings are not gelling. I had hopes for um, Teo Vecino, the Uruguayan striker that came, he was a topical scorer in Uruguay. I wasn't expecting him to, you know, score as much as, I don't know, Rategi, but score goals, basically. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't really surprised for how the game went. Uh, Union still plays like a team that wants to fight for it, but doesn't want to play for it. Yeah. The, the, the crowd helped, the, the crowd was incredible despite the result. But Racing have better players, a better coach, and one. I'd say a fight for it in the li most literal sense of the word because they were flying into the tackle. Yeah, but that's Jeez. the only that's the only thing at, at some point. Mm. I was going to no say that looking at their record so far, they're obviously a very long way down the league. They're in twenty sixth. Um, losing matches is, over the course of the season is probably not going to be as big a problem as not winning them. Like they're not yeah. going to be that easy to beat for the teams who aren't, you know, yeah, but, but, but uh, you, you have to say, though, that scoreline is deceptive because that yeah. was very, very hard work for Racing, who, mm. no, again, were far from their best. Um, I thought Union had uh, made a decent effort. Like um, I was very impressed with Machuca, 
the little um, little lad on the right who just danced around Rasting's donkey defence. Um, at will, um, Arias, uh, Rasting keeper, came up with some two or three big saves. Um, when you had one off the line as well. Uh, just got unlucky. Well, I think the red card was a red card. The penalty was a penalty, but they both came kind of decisive moments in the game that just when Union kind of looked like they were getting the upper hand on Racing for the yeah. uh, for, um, for the red card and then when it was poised at one all for, for the penalty and yeah. the penalty really kind of t- ended their, their resistance couldn't do much after that but uh, I don't think they've got anything particular to worry about they're going no, to no, no. pick up points I, they're yeah, to, yeah, I think they're going to get wins it's just a the, the moral thing because it will be quite different for example if uh, after getting the lead in the Clásico, mm. instead of trying to defend the lead, uh, maybe score another goal, because Colón is not particularly an uh, <coughs> upright spot, precisely, to try not to score again, you know. And maybe getting that win would have been different in the mood, you know, mm. that, that always. And three points right now so early in the season makes, makes you go from 26 to, I don't know, maybe 12 or 15, and it's not that bad, you know, like... You can be in a, in a sort of position to say, okay, we can end up in, um, trying to fight for a Sudamericana place, but right now it's, it feels unlikely with the current run of results. Yeah, I mean, if you get a big enough win, then you'd overtake Platense on goal. You go level with them on points that could overtake them on goal difference. They're 16th, so yeah. it does a jump of 10 places. Long right? way to go. I mean, Racing were down in 11th or 12th about a week ago, and now they're two mm. points off the, off the top. Four. Four. In fact, because uh, River are the new league leaders. Indeed. But uh, first of all, Dan, what did you make of Racing very briefly in this match? Very scrappy again. Um, it was nice at least to see um, a bit of activity in the box. Which is, and uh, two strikers scoring, not just one, two from um, non-set pieces. Uh, it's been really tough for Racing. Um, I thought they withstood Union pretty well considering... Their um, two first choice centre backs, uh, Siali and Biovi, were, were both injured, and we had to put in Calvin and Sua, who often look like they've never played the game of football before. Also, Carbonero, or, or he was injured. Carbonero got injured in that game, yeah. Yeah, uh, he got the like ACL, for, right? Uh, yeah, he's out for a, a long, long time. There was another rarity in that Matias Rojas scored from inside the box. From the penalty spot, yes. Yeah. Um, not for one to try, and he had two. Really long-range free kicks that were just about kept out by Santiago Mele. Um, yeah, scrappy, not particularly coherent from wrestling, but the kind of game you just need to win, you know. Going to yeah. Santa Fe, these games have always been really tough for Racing. Like, uh, going to Union, going to Colón, or going to other big interior teams um, hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Racing. So winning and winning with, with a bit of... Um, Bit of comfort, can't really ask much more than that. And I will add Thomas Aviles. I can't remember if I mentioned him last week. I think I might have. Hmm. He played centre back in a three man def- defence. This week he turned up um, in the centre of midfield and he was fantastic again coming off the bench. Almost smashed a 40 yarder in. Um, he's 19. He was, I think, I can't remember if I said last week he's Chilean. He's actually, yes, he was he actually born in Rio Gallegos, but he um, qualifies for Chile and he's played for their under-20s um, for his mum's nationality or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think this kid, like in, you know, judging, making sweeping judgments from the, 
one and a quarter 40, games. 40 minutes, yeah. <laughs> About 115 minutes, I think it is in total. Um, he's going to be the best defender and best midfielder in the world. So, watch out. Right. Remember the name. Um, Maybe. There is not very much that I can say, at least, about Godway Cruz versus Belgrano, but I just wanted to mention it because apart from Paolo Goltz's silly handball, it was probably the second funniest moment of the weekend when the, was it the Godoy Cruz team coach took off afterwards with one of their players not on it and he had to leg it up the... I didn't hear that. Exit round to the, the, the dressing room and they had to stop at the top and let him get back on. Um, but yeah, Godoy Cruz got a 3-1 win over Belgrano. That is Godoy Cruz's second win in three matches. Mm. Uh, and their, how many matches have they won overall? Their fourth win of the season. So they're not crap. They're not particularly consistent either because they've lost their other four games. They have yet to get any draws in the league. Um, but yeah, Godoy Cruz looked like they actually might be competent some of the time this and, season and the great. third most funny thing in the weekend should be Chirula Romero getting sent off for trying to participate in the play didn't see that oh he did the, the classic Medina move yeah Medina. Medina move yeah in the <laughs> in the um, Platense Clásico he actually tried to kick the ball in, oh I did see that yeah yeah I've forgotten about and that, that after it being sent off even mm. he Went to celebrate with your player. Well, that happens often, but yeah, that's kind of normal. <laughs> that's a nice segue into the classical Platense, though, uh, with Mauro Bocelli giving Estudiantes an early lead, four minutes in, and everything looked very, very familiar for Clásicos Platenses um, until ten minutes into this second half, when Alan Lescano equalised for Gimnasia. Ray header. And then, mm. with four minutes to go, Cristian Tarragona. Scored up from the penalty spot, well, with four minutes plus stoppage time to go, which these days means about 15 minutes to go, really. Um, to So it proved, score the winner. And it was kind of... I mean, I saw the last probably 20 minutes or so of the first half and then all of the second half, and I thought it was a win that Gymnasia deserved. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah not not only the first win that they've managed yeah. in the Classical for 13 years, but also they very much the better team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. yeah. It's an interesting one because they're just two completely contrasting teams at the moment. Gimnasia and uh, Estudiantes. Gimnasia have just gone all out, basically because they have no money to speak of whatsoever. Um, all out on youth, all out on the academy. Uh, their average age, um, when they're starting 11, 24. Mm. Estudiantes kind of going the other way. Their average age, 31. They're not Estudiantes, they're jubilados, right? Yes, okay. indeed. <laughs> And luckily they're not going to try in gymnastics because there's been quite a few broken hips there. Um, so it's interesting what you know what Gymnasia are trying to do, and I think to be fair for them, you know they've gone 13 years in a month without being able to win a Glasgow. But I think the last four or five have all ended in draws, yep. and yeah. a couple of them Gymnasia probably deserved to to end that um, long, long streak of not having won a. Um, a classico, I remember, I can't remember if it's the last one or the penultimate one, an incredible four-all draw, yeah. um, protagonised yeah, by none other than Pulga Rodriguez. So it was the last four before this one were four, four mm. were, were, were draws, they weren't all four, four draws. Uh, and yeah, the yeah. four, four was, prior to this match this weekend, was, was three games ago. So it's in order, they've been a nil-nil in April 2021, that 4-4 four, four in December 2021, mm. And then both matches last year ended 1-1. Um, 
but yeah. I saw on Twitter um, one Gymnasia fan already starting up with, um, did you know that the last time Estudiantes won a Clásico, no, like Macri was president, the dollar was at 25 pesos. <laughs> that was the 2nd of November 2019 um, mm. was the last time that Estudiantes won the Clásico Platense. Um, so yeah, that was a long time ago. Because obviously there were no matches at all yeah. in 2020. So they're coming on for four years. I mean, only nine years to go from and and a 7-0 would be useful. And the bragging rights would uh, would definitely belong to you. And perhaps this time, with the early goal from Bosili, perhaps the Twenties was like relying on, on their luck again. Saying, well, this is it. We are going to win again because the story tells us that or at least not lose, yeah. 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 But then Gimnasio got in early, then, I don't know if you saw, they threw salt at the Estudiantes bench before kickoff to curse them. Oh, okay, I didn't, didn't catch that. And Estudiantes, I think there was a delay in kickoff because the Estudiantes team just refused to sit on that bench until every single grain of salt had been removed from the vicinity. Oh, wow. But apparently they missed one. That's, that can explain it all. And another got, piece of trivia. I should have got my cat involved, should have licked it all up in that. Oh, lovely. Uh, another piece of trivia, um, with that result, Estudiantes missed out on having the longest unbeaten run of any major Argentine Clásico. Oh, yeah? Because they shared the record before with, brace yourself to this, Racing. Hmm. Racing between something like 1982 <coughs> and 1994 uh, went the same number of games as Estudiantes without losing... Against Independiente. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what I find incredible as well is that apparently, despite all of their dominance, Estudiantes only, only, uh, are only 16 games up in the Estoria against Gimnasia. I thought it'd be like 40. Hmm. Considering, you know, the team's respective trajectories and no offence, of course, to Gimnasia. I guess they spent time each one outside of the other's division because both of them mean them in the bay at certain points possibly but yeah. this is the time for Not Russia as, as well of course I think this is the time for Racing to get a, a great uh, or, or a, a quite long run of not losing classical because the way that Independiente is well the I think Independiente fans don't let us for some reason yeah. they just pick up extra games whenever like it's like 21 and then someone will come oh no it's actually 23 and then Racing will win and it's somehow 24 for Independiente there's a lot of um Numbers cooking there for, uh, on the Independiente side, so... Anyway, following Gimnasia's <laughs> win uh, in the league, they're now actually dead level with Estudiantes, or only behind on goal difference. Both sides have got two wins, two draws, and four defeats. So let's not get too happy Gimnasia just yet. They did celebrate as if they won the World Cup. Um, <laughs> and Estudiantes goals for and against is 7-4 and 11 against. Gimnasia have also conceded 11, but they've only scored five. So for now... Estudiantes is still above Gimnasia in the league, but we'll see how long that lasts for. Incidentally, they're also level with Sarmiento, Independiente, Tigre and Arsenal on points. All of those teams have eight points. Um, next up, we should discuss... Do we talk about the Boca match or the River match first? Well, the, the most interesting story you have is uh, from the Boca match, because apart from the winning... Uh, from the, the, the victory of Instituto, there is a very, very funny or surprising story from the author of the first goal of Instituto, Adrián Martínez. 
I think he's 30 years old and... The second goal, in fact. Uh, second, yes. The, the first one from Varela, yes. Varela, yeah. uh, Because he started playing quite old for a normal age a player starts. 22. 22. Oh, and wow. not uh, having played before in... I mean, not uh, being in a reserves or a, of any team. Uh, and he has been in jail for seven months. Mistakenly. Yes. But he was. Unfairly. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't mistaken. What I was the story? Like, was someone else called Adrian Martinez who did the crime and they just picked him up? I'm not completely sure about oh. that. No, his brother, I think he was uh, here, uh, was shot <coughs> and uh, as a revenge, uh, there were people in his town that, well, ma making like riots and, and that, and uh, he was mentioned from the aggressor right. that he was the main responsible for that. And well, and he was in jail, and seven months after, it was revealed that he wasn't the one. Uh, That's not at, at least that is the version that came out in the media. Uh, and well, and now. <laughs> uh, now he scored against Boca? Yes. Take that, Boca. Do you yeah. want a silly stat on that game? Go on. Three of the last four times the Boca lost against a team at home in the Primera División. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, white and red. Oh. Oh. A, a very silly stuff. So it's going to be the goal scorer being to jail or something. Union won, yeah. Huracan. Huracan. Uh, and now Institute. Nice. Very silly. Um, <laughs> anyway, Varela, the ex jailbird, gave. Um, I've forgotten which team we're talking about now. Instituto. <laughs> uh, a very early lead, as we said. And after 12 minutes, Adrian Martinez doubled it just seven minutes later. Uh, so by the time I'd switched on, Instituto were already 2-0 down, but Martin pa Pachero, I have to be very careful how we say that surname when we're talking in Argentine Spanish, so as not to accidentally Anyway, it's not that there were some, it's the, with uh, J. Yes, that's what I was G. saying, yeah, we have to be careful how we pronounce it, so as not to mispronounce it and call him a wanker. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can be talking about the Mitsubishi. Yes, <laughs> on the stroke of half time, he pulled one back for Boca, and... I mean, certainly I was thinking, I don't know about anybody else, oh, well, this is going to be a familiar story in the second half. You know, this will go as follows. Uh, but a minute into the second half, Santiago Rodriguez uh, doubled the, restored the two-goal lead um, for Instituto. And Boca didn't really have very much <coughs> to answer with after that. I thought Miguel Merentiel pulled one back with five minutes to go, but it never... I mean, there was kind of a frantic finish after that. Yeah, a penalty shot really. for Boca, which wasn't really but much of a shout. Um, anyway, when it wasn't a penalty, for the referee to go and watch the play in the bar could have uh, meant that he would call the penalty for the penalty. And it was one of the few times in which the, the bar calls the referee to watch a play and he said, no, it's not a, a, hmm. because and, and it's Boca, Bombonera, last minute of the match. And as, as it happened with River that uh, against Argentinos, uh, it was called an outside for for in favor of River, Argentinos, the goal for Argentinos yeah. was disallowed. Well, it was level, yeah. and it was not offside. What was the situation with this non-penalty in the Bombonera? Because I I can remember the referee decided not to give it, but I can't remember what the what happened. It was a cross for Merentiel. Merentiel is like touched the ball, and possibly also the goalkeeper. And it was the feeling that the goalkeeper ah, touched yeah, it. Yeah. Whether the keeper had touched it first yeah. or... And on the telly they were convinced it was a penalty. I think the most so useful... Luckily they're not in charge of that. Now, now that you've reminded me of it as well, I remember that the most useful angle, which was the one from like behind the far mm -hmm. touchline from the main camera, 
happened to be covered by a defending or attacking player as yeah. well so they, they went to it and just at the point where they make the impact there's a bloke standing in the way so you couldn't really tell and it's kind way. of impossible to tell whether he gets the ball first because like from one angle it seems like he gets the ball and then from another angle it doesn't look like he's anywhere near it it's, it was strange yeah. yeah but just in general terms like another terrible result from Boca um, Sergio Romero had a, an absolute meh um, well, after coming to rescue um, a few times in the last few matches, and it just seemed, it just seemed absolutely determined to gift almost you know half or more than half of every match by playing Benedetto and Vicha hmm. when they've been absolute dog shit. Um, and it's not like you know they've got the players to, to replace them. Merindiel has looked good in. Um, the times he's got on the bench, Oscar Romero's on the bench, Varela's on the bench, Medina's on the bench. In fact, uh, all I these guys are going to make a difference, and they just. A couple of weeks ago, there was a poll on the sports uh, asking which should be the pair of strikers playing for Boca in the main in the starting lineup: if Benedetto and Bicha or Merentiel and, and Langoni. And Merentiel and Langoni won by scandal. Yeah. But they, but Ibarra says anything else. Yeah, Boca's last three results now are a nil-nil draw at home to Defensa Justicia, a one-nil defeat to Banfield, and this three-two defeat at home to Instituto. Their next match is this weekend. Funnily enough, it's next Copa, Copa oh, Argentina okay. game against Olimpo. Mm. During obviously the international break, there's no league football this weekend, but then they get back to uh, the league away to Barracas Central. A very short trip for them, literally just over the barrier line. Well, and then a little bit into Barracas as well, so not literally just over, but you know what I mean. Uh, so, I mean, you'd expect them. They'll be favourites for both of those matches, but the way they're playing at the moment, we'll have to wait and see. But they're going to Tapia's backyard. Mm. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, another team who are going to be in action this weekend are Rebed Plate, because for some reason, Argentina are going to play a friendly against them on Friday. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In order to give Argentina's players who don't play tomorrow night against Panama a run out, which I thought was the whole reason for the Curacao match next week, mm. but apparently, uh, so we're going to no have in the Curacao game uh, it's going to be a mix between seventy eight, eighty six, and twenty twenty two world champions. Really? No. No, I'm that taking would be the best. <laughs> Double number ten with Virginia and Messi. Exactly. That would be very surprising. They still win, but it would also make about as much sense. Um, we'll have to wait and see if Franco Armani plays for in this match. Um, but anyway, moving on to Rivers, the match that they actually have already played, which was a two 0 win over Sarmiento, um, and a very professional one from what I saw. Lucas Beltran with a penalty early on, and after that. River just kind of held them at arm's length and got a second goal, what, with 15 minutes to play? Andres, what did you Well, Beltran is on fire, clearly, and when the striker scores, well, it, it means something. Um, but in the case of River, it was the most convincing match, I think, since the Michelis is in charge. He had shown, shown something similar against Jose Cruz, who, team who, which you have mentioned, have, have won a lot of matches, or at least they're in good form. And now they is like repeated the similar uh, way of playing, it. Mm. and I think the idea is the players are catching the idea. Manchelis wants to impress, which is a, a, a midfield full of touches, of course, similar to the other time in uh, which uh, 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 someone mentioned or, or or tried to compare the midfield that River built to uh, Guardiola's team. Uh, but the idea perhaps is similar, not of course. 
the, the, the players, but uh, a, a midfield, a crowded midfield with a, a lot of uh, uh, touching of the ball yeah, from side so to side so and making the the rival run for the ball mm. and making them uh, tired, be tired, uh, and sometimes it's a danger. It's a plane, Sam. It's not like a plane. It's a, it's a strange plane. area of town to hear one from. We have like one a day. Those are Messi's nephews coming to... We are, we're also on like the presidential helicopter route from Olivos yes. to... Uh, yeah. uh, to uh, sorry, uh, also, the, 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 I read in on TV that perhaps the Argentina players will go on helicopter to the... Yes. Yeah, because, that them? I mean, God knows how the coach is going to make it to the Monumental <laughs> after what we saw from the victory parade. But yeah, so it, the one thing that this is helping River with the, these sh touches is the defence. Because just looking at the record, the, the last four matches in all competitions, uh, i.e. three games in the league and one in the Copa Argentina against Racing de Cordoba, they've won them all without conceding any goals. Yes. 2-0, 3-0, 3-0 and 2-0 against, in order, Lanús away, Racing de Cordoba, Godoy Cruz uh, in the Monumental and Sarmiento in Junín. And Tigre. Uh, Tigre was yeah I mean they won that to nil but it yes. was not ah, it was one of these last okay. four games well the, 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 the idea is good but it was also risky because if you touch a lot the ball but uh, not uh, in attacking mm. side uh, probably you, you end up playing with uh, like not very uh, well not, not powerful uh, touches and, and, and not being harmful for the rival but in this case River it's like hitting the certain times in the uh, just on in time for Sarmiento not to uh, uh, be, uh, have the reaction. Yeah. Even when uh, I think it was one nil for River that there was a, a, a corner kick bad played by River and Toledo I think it was from Sarmiento had a open chance to score with a lot of time and he threw it uh, over the bar. Mm. Uh, and sometimes for a striker with having a lot of time to decide is not good and well, uh, it, it was missed by, by Toledo. But overall it was a convincing, I think, uh, performance by, by River, as I said. The bad news is that Veracruz has been injured. I, I think he had liquid in his uh, you know, ankle, no, yes. Uh, well, your knee is the body part you're touching at the moment. So his knee, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he couldn't, of course, he wasn't available to play, and Barco was in his, in his, in his, in replacement, and he was forced to touch because he was in a position more in the midfield than, than in the side, uh, and but it was not uh, brilliant, but, uh, but he was decent, yeah. and well, uh, that as, as you said, it helped also that uh, that ball possession, not to receive so many chances, except for that from Toledo. And yes, the, the defense also seems to be solid with Gonzalez Pires, which is uh, something new, and uh, Pablo Diaz, who is back from his injury. He played the, in the previous match uh, 15 or 20 minutes, and now he he came back to the starting lineup. So yes, it's a very very good forward. We shall end this league discussion by talking about probably the biggest uh, result that we haven't already covered, which was Newell's one nil win over. At the time, or at the beginning of the weekend, league leaders San Lorenzo, as a result of which San Lorenzo are now only second. Did anybody catch any of this? I tried to watch it, but it was heavy going. Um, 
San Lorenzo just running out of luck a bit, mm. doing what they always do, which is you know stick eight men behind the ball and wait for the break. Um, and it didn't quite come off against Newell's. Uh, they went behind and really didn't look a lot like um, getting back into it. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd been talking for a couple of weeks about how they were doing just enough and getting those wins. And then last week we talked about how they finally cut loose and beat Gimnasia 4-0. Mm. And then this weekend... San Lorenzo and Gimnasia had very contrasting results. Um, yes. There, there was also a Copa Argentina win, which I missed the last, yeah, the middle of last mm. week, or last Tuesday night, I think that is, against Sarmiento de Resistencia. But, um, yeah, this is, I guess, where we find out who the real San Lorenzo are when they get back to action. They'll be playing Independiente on the 1st of April. Um, who may or may not have a coach by then. Watch this space. Uh, but yeah, for the moment, the standings are River top on 18 points, San Lorenzo on 16, Defensing Dicia, Racing, Lanús, Newells and Rosario Central in 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th, all with 14 points. Um, Tacheres and Instituto both have 13 points, and then there are a bunch of teams with 12 and a bunch of teams with 11. There's no point running all the way down there. Uh, the first half has run almost... A full first half. We've been recording for 44 minutes. So we're going to take a break now. We're going to refill our glasses. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the reason that half of you are probably tuning into this podcast anyway, which is the Argentine national team. And also, Tony's going to give us a women's Primera update. So don't go away. Begin with, if Tony would like to give us one, an update on the Primera Femenina. Just looking at the table, I see that uh, old habits die hard and that Wajorquisa yeah. so far from four matches have scored ten goals and conceded none, but they haven't won all their matches. They haven't. They'll draw with Platense, you know, which could be one of the surprises of the season. Yeah, Platense How did that happen? They have a good uh, core of youth players. They are quite interesting. They are being developing players. I've also just seen their goals scored and conceded column, and they're barely conceding any goals themselves. Yeah. Three, four, but only two against. Yeah, and the, basically that. Um, going over, the, um, Platense is uh, a good place for youth to be developed. They have a really good setup of youth, constantly called up to the under 17s, under 20s, etc. etc. Um, but yeah, Wojtkisa is. Probably the best team in the in the league right now. They're, in my opinion, so far, surpassed Boca this year because Boca has lost two really important players in Jamila Rodriguez and Lorena Benitez. Where have they gone? They went to Palmeiras. Oh, both of them? Both of them. Yeah, now that you've said it, I remember yeah. um, Rodriguez going there. Palmeiras also got, um, I almost said Aldo, Alicia Bobadilla, mm-hmm. the goalkeeper, Hawaiian goalkeeper from San Lorenzo. So they... They started to spend money like they, they do in the in the male counterpart. When but you say spend money, do you mean that San Lorenzo and Boca receive fees? For some money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big news as well. In yeah, not not first. a lot. Yeah, not a lot. But they had to to spend some money on it. Um, but yeah, Wajorquiza has kept the 
the spine of the team added some interesting uh, key players like Gaby Santos, she was playing at River, the Colombian centre-back and Magalinata, who used to play for Platense, went to Cruzeiro and now is coming back to, to Y and it's definitely the team that not only it's the better team in terms of result but the one that I think a casual uh, watcher will be the most enjoyable mm-hmm. experience watching Y, it's the team that feels more gelled and, and having a, a true um, way of playing, uh, a style. Then you have the, 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 the other ones like San Lorenzo, Boca, they're doing well because they have individual um, quality of the other teams and have a little bit more of resources so they keep being on the, on the chase for the title but they're alright. Uh, in terms of surprises, I would say that on the bad side, I would say River. They, uh, so, yeah, they lost nice. two in a row. Yeah, I lost two in a row away against Independiente 1-0 against Rosario Central this week 3-0, which was a, a game that Rosario Central thoroughly deserved to win. But also it's a bit of a surprise in terms of Daniela Diaz. is a very capable coach and they added a lot of players Again, with good quality, Milagro Sotasu from Racing went to River, Cata Prima they used to play for Wairquiza also went to River, so you will think that that addition would, would help them be in the level of San Lorenzo, Boca and Rio and Wai right now, but they don't. And the other surprises for the good part are Ferro, mm-hmm. they've been really good scoring goals, they won 4-0 if memory serves against El Porvenir and 5-1 against Estudiantes de la Plata and they have a really good set of strikers I love um, Risa de Angelis I know someone will remember because obviously I have sporadic appearances in Hand of Pot but I do have a high regard of Risa de Angelis since the Sudamericano 2019 uh, where Argentina crashed out and didn't qualify for the World Cup it was the last tournament that Borrello had uh, were the main coach of any of the Argentinian setups, and she literally reminds me. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be a little bit um, overwhelming with the with the comparison, but in terms of movement in some things, she has the the, the attributes that of the early Batistuta. I'm not saying she's Batistuta, obviously. I'm saying that if if you see the movement, you see that kind of tall, kind of clumsy, but strong enough with the shots, powerful shots, that, that reminds me of, of, of him. And obviously Rosario Central, Rosario Central has been amazing. Obviously helps that you have probably the best keeper in Argentina still with Marina Correa. And a good um, striker in... Uh, I forgot the name. Uh, Lara Lopez? No, no, Lara, Lara, I was about to talk about Lara Lopez, but I was thinking the one I was playing at River. And I'm just looking at the, goals, the goal scorers in the 3 0 win over River were Lara Lopez, who got two. And two, yeah. The scorer of the first one, apparently, according to SofaScore, is Damian Martinez. Which no, Damian Martinez is actually the head coach of right. Rosario Central. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it seems like an unusual yeah, 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 but, but no, I'm, I'm blanking out right now. But Lara Lopez has been amazing. Four goals and four assists in the. These are the goal scorers in the 6-1 win over Defensores. So that will be Erika Leonido. That was the one that I was thinking of. She was on loan in River in 2022. And now coming back to Rosario Central, she plays for the national team. But Lara Lopez, as I was saying, got of the 10 goals that Rosario Central scored so far, she had has 4 goals and 4 assists. 
So she's been tremendous this season. Uh, the young striker, 22 years old, that obviously it's already been uh, been looking out, especially from the teams, obviously. Mm. But that that's a quick update on who's been good, who's been a bit disappointing uh, on the Argentinian uh, league. Quickly, Argentina is going to play against Venezuela in the Semana Santa weekend, first in Córdoba. And for, then for our non-Catholic listeners, <laughs> that's the week. April 6th? After Easter? Yeah. Or the week before? Before, before. It's week before, before April 6th to April 10th, more or less. Um, going to play in Córdoba first in the campus mm-hmm. against Venezuela, and then re- against the same opponent in La Rioja. Okay. I don't know why in La Rioja, but it is what it is. And as Tony informed me just before we started recording the second half, Reber uh, are playing uh, this weekend against San Lorenzo in the Monumental, not in one of the side pitches where they normally play. Uh, so I'm thinking of going along to that because it's a way to take advantage of that. Stadium. <laughs> that the Monumental is going to be used tomorrow night, but exactly, not yeah. in the weekend. So. Yeah, I mean most of the 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 um, next match week is going to be playing stadiums. Huracan is going to play in the Duco, Rossin is going to play in the Cilindro, um, and so on and so forth. Because of, well, the males are not playing in the stadiums. Yeah, so no, yeah, makes sense. They should do it more often, but. Um, it definitely makes sense to do it in international week. Some teams are doing it uh, regardless. Like, for example, Gimnasia has committed to play all the home games in the in El Bosque. That's good. The, the, regardless of the... Actually, they play against Estudiantes mm-hmm. on Saturday, I think it was, or Sunday. I think it was Saturday. But the day it that says they played Lanús last weekend. They, they play Lanús the day after the game against Estudiantes for the male. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, sorry, right, okay, yeah, so the women played Lanus today. Exactly, the yeah. The men played Estudio. I mean, regardless of what happened on the calendar, they made a commitment, they're going to play in the Bosque the entire season, and they're actually sold, um, you know, like a season pass for that. Uh-huh. So it's I, a good thing. Oh, that's cool as well. So you, you buy the season ticket and you get both the men's and the women's. Yeah, games. or cool. the, whatever you prefer, but you can get both, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the other thing I will just mention to listeners who are not aware is that Tony mentioned when talking about Ferro that they have beaten El Porvenire 4-0 and Estudiantes 5-1. Uh, in between those two matches, they also beat Estudiantes 3-0 because there are two Estudiantes. Yeah. So the Estudiantes that Tony was referring to, as you probably would have assumed, is Estudiantes de la Plata. Uh, but they also beat Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, who you might also see sometimes <coughs> referred to as Estudiantes de Caseros. Exactly. Uh, 3-0 in between those two matches. So, so Ferro, if you want to see goals. Oh, the team to watch if you want to see goals, yeah. yeah. Um, the national team, now the, the men's national team, they play Panama on Thursday night, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, that's why we're recording this on Wednesday evening. Are Panama going to win? I mean, how nervous are we about this? They're going to win a lot of money. Because Garnacho's out, so <laughs> Oof, I, 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 I feel like this is on a knife edge now. Uh, depends how much the Argentine... Argentina team drinking the, <laughs> in the pre-match concert, I or guess. Whether the supporters allow them into the stadium in the first place, or indeed yeah. whether they can get within ten kilometres of if the stadium. If I were a betting man, I wouldn't mind putting. 50 I think quid kick, on kickoffs definitely going to be delayed by like on a Panama walkover or something. Yeah. Like oh, well, they can you know play like Positos in number nine if they don't get somewhere. They're not chosen in the squad, but the 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 ones who are available are Carboni. Well, Buenanote and, and Parrone have. Played recently here in Argentina, but uh, Carboni, Perroni, and 
Well, not the Arab. Uh, all of them are here in Argentina for the match, mm. or for the both matches, perhaps. They have minutes in in one of them, in, in both, or perhaps no, no minutes. But uh, on a related note, can any of you sitting here, because I've made a point of just not following any gossip, can any of you explain to me what Papal Gate is? Oh, the Black Magic thing. Please explain. I, I, I'm going into this completely I fresh. I haven't even heard the word Papplegate. So. I've heard Papplegate. Uh, I don't know the context and I almost don't want to know, but I'm going to ask anyway. Because for, for I'm going to take one for the team. Uh, for occasional listeners who pay no attention to how things are pronounced, Papu, I'm assuming, is Alejandro Gomez. Yes. Uh, I mean, he is. I'm not assuming that, but I'm assuming, therefore, that it has something to do with him. Right, Andres, go. Well, uh, a journalist said in, their, in his YouTube channel, that the reason why uh, Papu Gomez is not uh, here with the national team to celebrate... he's injured, right, I think? He's injured, and it yeah. was said that Sevilla, or Sevilla, uh, didn't allow him to come because he's injured. Right. But this journalist said, but wait, Sevilla said, told Papu Gomez that he wouldn't be able to travel one day before he was going to travel. Mm. That is strange. And he started saying that there were some Instagram stories and that the celebration that they, the Argentine, Argentina national team made in the bus, with all the chaos that it was here in Argentina, Papu Gomez wasn't with the group of Messi, Paredes, Di Maria. Oh, and that was, be, that was because, because he went to a witch, uh, to see a witch, to make Lachelso get injured, so that he could get into the I mean, he basically got to come, because getting Lachelso injured is not the most difficult thing in the world. But also, I'm pretty sure he wasn't the one who replaced Lachelso when he'd have been installed anyway. Well, that is the versions that came here, or at least, and he was taken seriously by some people. I mean, witchcraft in some part of Argentina are taken really seriously. Maybe you can mm. attest to someone I'm saying that. Yes. Okay. But uh, you're talking to the Racing fan here. I'm talking about someone that has connection to Tucumán, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. To yeah. be actually fair with that. But, I do like the superstitions, yes. Yeah. But also, Babu should get his refuge because the Chelsea, you, his knees don't get injured. I mean, mm. you don't need a witch to get a Chelsea no, injured, no. to be honest. But the, the, the group of the, this group of the national team, they believe a lot in those things, in the magic, in the, they believe in things and the energies, yeah. and good energies and, and bad energies. Elite sports people are highly superstitious. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Lissandra Martinez said that in Qatar, right every time and, they yeah. woke up, I know how to say it in English because obviously I direct translation would work, but uh, they um, use Palo Santo every day to start the day, like going around with the Palo Santo. In the, I can't in the remember. It's sort of an incense yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, but a, br- a root that you light and it makes a nice. Yeah. Well, during the World Cup, it was they, some players noticed about this, or, or realized that Papu Gomez had done this, and that was that. that that's why apparently this group cancelled <laughs> Papu Gomez from nice. the national team, and that he won't be part of the of the team anymore. Imagine if he had like. It's Many Buddha dolls. Cup, he was like the main. After all the wins, they were Instagramming him dancing in the dressing room. All I mean, time. that was his 
has been his principal role in the Argentina team for about four years, yeah. just being the cheerleader. He's dancing, yeah. The best yeah. of the national team, basically. Um, Until he has border dolls in the... So it's all about <laughs> black magic then. That's why he's not in the team. Interesting. You're not going to hear this kind of preview of Argentina versus Panama on any other podcast. No. That response was far better than I was hoping for. So thank you very, very much for, for that. <laughs> thank you for raising the question, Dan. Yeah. Um, I had to. Of the others, I mean, I'm thinking that the, at least the starting eleven against Panama is quite likely to resemble as closely as he possibly can, given the players that have been called up, the starting eleven mm. for the World Cup final. Yeah. I don't know. Against is going to be... I don't right. feel yeah. like I'm sticking my neck out there. I've, mm. I've paid no attention to any of the preview of any of this stuff, so I've not read any articles or anything about it, but I'm just assuming that that's what's going to happen. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Um, can we remember what that starting eleven was? I'm guessing... I, I mean, I can't off the top of my head. I reckon I'm I can. somebody else around the table. Okay. Let me have a go. Uh, as the non-Argentine. Uh, El Divo, of course. Yeah. Montiel, Otamendi, Romero. Montiel didn't start. No, Montiel didn't start. Molina, it was Molina. Of course, yes. Yep. I expect the Racing fan to get the hat down. What's that got to do with Racing? Molina, Molina played Boca. No. <laughs> oh, no, of course, no, it's Boca. Well, I was Boca. Anyway, yeah. one black mark then. Acuna. Um, Enzo. McAllister. And... Paredes? No, you should have got that one because you're a Racing fan. De Paul, of course. Yeah. And then up front, Di Maria, Julian and Messi. Yep. Yeah. That was the same. Very yeah. disappointing in myself. Though. That sounds about right, though. Yeah. I mean, What's 9 over 11. But yeah, but I was confident I'd get all 11. Just, it was a while ago and I was so fairly drunk by the end of the <laughs> The next question, then, is do we expect Panama to um, pull off any kind of shock, provide any kind of resistance? No. Are we expecting... How many goals are we expecting? Six. Six? I mean, first, first. I'm going to say this. In the, in the first half? No, no, first half, no. Well, I don't know. But um, Panama is also playing in the CONCACAF Nations League. Okay. So they're coming with the youth setup and without the head coach. Uh, this is a massacre about to happen. Oh, so this isn't Argentina v Panama. It's Panama under 21. Oh, wow, right, okay. Yeah, it should I, be fairly one-sided. I've literally just become aware of that when you two have told me. <laughs> so it's going to be a Harlem Globetrotter as much, essentially. I mean, I'm going to be absolutely certain that there, there should be or must be some kind of contract because Messi is two goals away from the 100 goal yeah. in Argentina. So I saw a Twitter. Somebody, I can't remember whether it was one of you guys or somebody else we follow, but on the way here, I saw that uh, some statistician had tweeted... Oh, no, it was the Argentina national team in English account. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's an official account or not. But had tweeted that if Messi scores four goals, it will be his first pocket it will for be. the Argentine national team. And I was thinking, no, he scored five against Estonia. This is like mm. years and years ago when I remember complaining to an Argentine like, statistician... Who it was in the poker. It was five goals. Yeah, yeah, but it still <laughs> it includes four goals. Yes. Uh, when he scored his first hat-trick for Argentina, which was friendly against Switzerland, 22. some... some Argentine statistician when that's the first time anyone scored a hat-trick for Argentina since like Gabriel Batistuta in 1991 against somebody or other unless you count Julio Cruz who scored four goals against this other opponent it's like but of course why would you not count that so he has in fact already but he's 20 goals away from Cristiano Ronaldo in the yeah. goals, goals in the national team. Yeah. And if if he gets yeah, to the hundred, to Christine Sinclair, but sure. Yes. If he gets to the hundred, then he'd become the first South American man yeah. to score a hundred goals in international games. Uh, Amanda is still playing for Brazil. Yes, 
but seems to have slowed down. She was injured the last six months because of an ACL. Yeah, so because yeah. I'm sure I remember when he overtook Pele, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast that he still had quite some way to go to catch her, but he's caught her up quite significantly since yeah, that happened. I think if she's on 115 mm, now, I think she scored like three or four goals. 130. 130. Yeah. Oh, in that case, the tally I saw for her was way up day. Okay. So in that case, he's not caught up that much. But so, yeah, he's probably not going to catch her, which is. Uh, Bit of a Depends on Panama and Curacao, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Could get 20 in the next one. I have no idea. Um, but too surely, it's going to happen and we're going to celebrate the 100 goal and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So watch this space. And if he scores one, he's got 800 for his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which he f- famously or infamously, if you're at least following the Argentine press, or I guess the French press as well, did not get at the weekend when he was booed off. But... You know, one of one of the only true. things that provides me any solace with the fact that Lionel Messi is playing for Paris Saint Germain is the fact that since he's turned up there, he's demonstrably not given a shit about playing for Paris Saint Germain, and has suddenly become just has started winning everything he plays in with the national team, uh, which is quite brilliant. But anyway, um, anything else to mention national team wise apart from how they're going to get to the stadium? Are they going to get to the stadium? Is the match going to go ahead? All of this drama. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess. Um, yeah, for those that want to. In, interested in culture, I guess is the word. I'm not quite sure if I will call it yeah, like that. Yeah. They can, they can, if they can get a stream early or something, they can catch up a couple of concerts and presentations. Actually, the uh, away kit of the women's for the World Cup is going to be presented during that. Um, oh, during the match, that's cool. Yeah, around five p.m. I think. I saw you retweeted that earlier, and I'm not a fan. So basically, this is all to try and get as many people into the stadium yeah. early, so as right. to give the players a chance. To and if you back, want right? to catch some music to get the stream, and you but know, there will be. But to be clear, they are aware that the stadium only holds eighty-three thousand people, and therefore no. it's still going to be like three million people yeah. in the city outside the stadium who are going to make it impossible to get to the stadium. Yes, they're actually going to cut out the streets around the the monumental in fifteen minutes. They're going to start... 15 minutes from now? From now. Oh, so okay. 24 hours before kickoff. Yeah, they're going to cut out any access to like five blocks around the Monumental. Okay, and then what, go advancing that once every hour? <laughs> Probably, like it's a... <laughs> yeah, like it's a civilization game. That's uh, probably the most sensible thing that I've heard in terms of um, Argentine transport management. And traffic management. Taking into account that... At least since the attempted victory parade. But the, the reality is that uh, if they go by bus, like the Maria suggested, they will happen the same thing that happened when they came after the winning the World Cup. And also days. thinking that on Friday it's, it's, well, not a holiday, it's a... Well, they get the idea that a yeah. team going to the Monumental by bus could prove pro- problematic. I have no idea. No, well, in fairness, though, it'll be the home team. It I don't happens. think anyone's going to try to. Do <laughs> you think it's going to be a, 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 a infiltrated people from Panama? Yeah, maybe to... someone from the Panamanian. This embassy. could happen. Yes. This yes could they, could, happen. they could take the, the Panama players on the bus that belongs to Argentina, and the Argentinian players go to some other <laughs> way, and that so that people. Uh, Panama team bus. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to see a decoy, decoy bus come into play. That would be. I would love that. Yeah. And like, and the Argentina team just like in caps and trench coats, just 
running through the crowd like um, like spies. I think you need to watch more James Bond's movie. Or maybe less. <laughs> or less, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Write in with your thoughts about whether yes. Dan should watch more or less James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have... It's not quite this week, but it'll be... Oh, on, inter- on international news, there'll also be another Argentinian act action tomorrow of course there far away away because Matteo Retegi is Italian he is Italian and he's probably going to start against England tomorrow which tells you everything you need to know about just how good Italy are up front at the moment yeah I mean congratulations to him and it wouldn't entirely surprise me if he scores a goal he's in good form but also wow yeah Uh, do we have any quotes from him about how proud he is to be Italian and um no, but I saw to represent but he was asked whether the, he it was hard for him to take the, to to make the decision. And he said, "No, I was always uh, well convinced about this." And when you hear Scaloni, it has more sense because he said, "Yes, we wasn't uh, thinking of calling him up, so I wish him good luck." And mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I mean, it's not like a centre back that yeah. might. Help Argentina with an aging Otamendi, for example. If, I mean, Lisandro Martinez is already in the squad. Okay, yeah. but, but I would I, still contend that the World Cup final is much more comfortable. <laughs> obviously, but I think Rotegi was what considered number twentieth in the list of strikers. Mm. 15, yeah, 15. Maybe, maybe if. The World Cup had been put back another six months and had been in like June of this year. He might have forced his way into the conversation yeah. because of the way the Argentine media works as yeah. well. The fact that he's contracted to Boca, even though he's not. If he, if he yeah. wasn't at Boca, if he scored if he all them Boca, goals yeah. last year for Boca, exactly. then it'd be a whole different. Yeah, 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 yeah. But well, thankfully, I, I understand. He wants to play, so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't think Argentina's going to miss Mancini him too much. Mancini compared him to Batistuta in today's press conference, yes, which yeah. was brave. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> don't put any pressure on that. No, indeed. Um, is this the point as well where you all tell me that Curaçao are actually sending their under-12s and so it's just going to no. be a complete massacre as well? Or that, no. That's going to be the, but they can, the, the, the full-strength Curaçao yeah, team. So full-strength. Whatever that on, is. On Tuesday, there's a chance. <laughs> Of what? Uh, in the heat of some uh, less than uh, 12 nil or something, I don't know. Um, Maybe they feel more at home in the Caribbean temperatures of Santiago del and they could spring a surprise. Hmm. Watch this space. Indeed, yeah. Uh, do, do, you, do you know anyone knows anything about the, the tickets to that game? Are they sold out or something? I hadn't heard anything there. No. No, the only thing we knew was that, as we discussed last week, they're going to be that they're taking seats out of the stadium so they can sell more tickets. More tickets. More. How many? I don't know. But it's more forty-two thousand capacity, capacity, I think, in its usual state. Um, well, fifty something. Like they might get yeah. scratch it up to fifty. Yeah, maybe. but I, I know. I wonder. Of, I don't think everyone in Santiago del is going to try to watch because of the state of Santiago del economically. No, but so, lots of people go from Cordoba. Yeah, but also you have to think of the hotels. Lots of people go from Tucumán. It could be. It's like, I think it's fair enough. Like, It's I, probably I'm, the I'm, same I'm, way you can get as many people I'm all, in Argentina to see the games. I'm all for the federalization of it, but there are better I mean, the, the, Mario, the Mario Kempis would have been 
the incredibly obvious decision if yep. you're going to play it somewhere in the middle of the top third of the country. Yep. Uh, which, yes, for yeah. those who don't know, Argentina's geography is, is basically the populated bit of the country. Yes. Even though it's not the actual geographic center, it wouldn't make but much anyway, sense. But anyway, I think the match. Negro. As Curaçao wasn't uh, meant to for people from other parts of the country to go there, because if not, they would have done it the other way around, perhaps, to play tomorrow in Santiago del Estero, since on Friday is a holiday, and on Tuesday here in, Argent in Buenos Aires. Oh yeah, so that people can just yes. take take the take the day off afternoon off before the ferry out. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, but also the rambling, I think they are more con more inclined to get people from Buenos Aires traveling to Santiago. Yeah, and also I think that the, the chance of doing it that way around, obviously not that you were suggesting there was really a chance, Andres, but the the chance of having the first match since winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course it's not at any stadium apart from the biggest one in the country and now indeed the continent. And in a country so capital-centric as Argentina. Yeah. Just no. So enough you get in a game interior people. Don't ask for one. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, in other international, uh, just general international football trivia news, I don't know whether you saw this, Dan, but SofaScore today alerted me. How would I have seen it if it's on SofaScore? I never look at SofaScore. Okay, well, in that case, you, you didn't see it. SofaScore today alerted me to the fact that on Tuesday, sorry, they alerted me yesterday, to the fact that on Tuesday... Um, there was a sea international between England and Wales, oh. which apparently is players on the, I guess the English and the Welsh equivalent. I don't know of National League North and South and below. Oh. Yep. It's Fair been enough. something like twenty years since the last England B international, so yeah. England C internationals are not even a thing I knew existed until yesterday. I remember seeing one way back in the day. Um, is but, Panama yeah. listed as B? It says here just Argentina beat Panama. Okay. And that's what it said in all of the previews I've seen, which is why it was news to me that they weren't <laughs> coming out with their. Right, but are you looking? Are you looking at a friendly yeah, list or something? If it was, or? If yeah, it was yeah, officially friendly, classified yeah. as Panama B, then they run the risk of it not being a no country for FIFA. Game. Yeah, and Messi's two and goals not to get to the hundred wouldn't count. Yeah, or not, or just not getting the players released. Yeah. Would be pretty mean in the clubs, but still. Having said that, this also, I'm looking at Panama's fixtures now, and it says that their first Nations League, CONCACAF Nations League match, is going to be on the 28th rather than obviously tomorrow's the 23rd. So I guess for that reason, maybe technically it is a senior international, even though they're not sending the yeah, yeah. yeah, they didn't yeah. want to travel, probably. So I mean, I'm also saying that Panama have drawn the last four games, including one against. Saudi Arabia, who we all know, Ooh. are the actual best team in the world, having beaten Argentina in the World Cup opener. So maybe they're going to be stiffer opposition than we expect. Maybe. The other Unless Chiquitapia does his magic. Indeed, yeah. The, the <laughs> other draws have been against Venezuela, Cameroon and Guatemala. So watch this space. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we do the brief substituting Mystic Sam bit for what do we all think is going to happen in these two matches, we're all going for two Argentina defeats, right? I think so. I'm pessimistic about this. They might scratch a draw against Curaçao. Yeah, if they're lucky. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening to this episode. Do um, you have any questions about the Oh, hang on. Shit, yeah, we I don't think we did. When I left them. the house, my flat, yeah. I should say, uh, we haven't done, but that's quite. Th thank you for checking. Uh, but in our notifications, no one has sent any questions, which shows you the degree of interest there is in Argentina versus Panama outside Argentina. <laughs> Which is fair enough. I did have one question personally, if I can share. Why not? Um, You've already asked about Papelgate, so 
What's this one? No, this is from someone who wrote to me. Oh, okay. That's um, an interesting way of getting to touch with the podcast. From one Terry Lancashire. It was just a reply to my tweet, but I thought I'd mm-hmm. share it here. Yeah, Terry says, Dan, I'm in Buenos Aires next week. Do you reckon if I booked as Terry Messi, I would get a table for one at Don Julio? Uh, well, I saw you tweeting about uh, not being able to get a place, a, a table for your parents. Three months waiting this, yeah. Well, uh, I, I think it's a... You won't get a table until June. It was I, I heard that that uh, it's fully reserved or booked until the month of June. So if we think Messi must have gone back to his hotel in Quetta on the night of the 18th of December, yeah, and booked his table. That's the only that he come back. Yeah. The only to be honest, uh, and for this person asking, don't go there. There are it's, much better, it's, it's, much better options. Yeah, there, there are better parishes within a ten block radius. Go, go, go to El Ferroviario. Go to El Ferroviario. Do me, do me the favor. There we go. Well, not that easy to get a table at Ferroviario, I must say. La Camiseria for me. Although it's also difficult to get a table there because it's tiny. It's hard to get a table so, anywhere in, um, in Even my local parisha, with, who's, um, which is run by my mate, um, ended up getting a review on Telefe and some street and I did it. I, put, I called a day in advance and I couldn't get a table. First time that's ever happened to me. <laughs> the best option is to follow a taxi driver and go where he goes. But then you might get arrested for stalking. <laughs> yeah, or you will end up in, yeah. the, in Meseta and getting a, a pizza. A pizza. Fugaceta. Fugaceta. Yeah. Which is not bad, to be honest. But there we go. Yeah, I mean, for certain definitions of not bad, some, some foreigners who have had Argentine pizza would say that, <laughs> in fact, it is very bad. Oh. I'm not. This is. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but it's not to everyone's taste. Um, I think Sam's saying he's one of them. <laughs> no, I, d- I don't mind it. Well, you know, I thought maybe a little bit overrated, but I've not been there for like ten years, so I don't. know. They are overrated. The, f- the famous pizzerias are overrated. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, on that note, goodbye. I guess. Yes. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. I imagine so, right? Yeah, we've got yeah. to review the two... The two massive games. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And also Boca's game against whoever it was in the Copa Argentina. Copa Libertadores draw will be on Monday. Oh, so oh, we'll have that right, to review. Well, yeah, so we might have a... Oh, it's going to be a big week. Probably a shorter episode... Well, almost definitely a shorter episode than this one. Um, but yeah, we might well have an episode next week, unless I'm snowed on with work, in which case we won't. But we'll see. Um, but for now, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye from Tony. Goodbye. Andres. Thank you, goodbye. Dan. Goodbye. And me, thank you, and goodbye.